This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Hello everyone, welcome to Tile Radio. This is me RJ Sankhya hosting through the interview today. Watching a lot of American young adult shows, I've always wondered what teachers and parents could do to help kids stay away from indulging in drugs. And at a point when I thought there might not be a real solution to it, I came across this wonderful non-profit organization. So today I have the honor of shining a spotlight on a truly remarkable NGO and I'm thrilled to introduce you to the DARE American International NGO. So DARE stands for Drug Abuse Resistance Education and it is an American international NGO that focuses on providing drug prevention education to children and adolescents. Through its comprehensive programs, DARE endeavors to mold the minds and hearts of children and adolescents, equipping them with knowledge, skills, and unwavering resolve to navigate the treacherous path of drug temptation. So to guide us through this wonderful organization today, we have our special guest, Dennis Osborne, Western Regional Director of DARE. And he is a highly accomplished leader known for his strategic vision and exceptional leadership skills. With extensive experience and track record of success, Osborne is dedicated to driving positive change and making a lasting impact in kids' and teenagers' lives. So today, I take the honor of welcoming him to our Tile Radio to share his insights, expertise, and inspiring journey with all of us. So let's welcome Dennis Osborne. Hi, Dennis. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about D.A.R.E., get the message Thank out you. there. Thank you. We we are glad that you took some time for us and you're here to share stuff with us. So I'm really glad you're doing that. So can we start talking about a little bit about your role as the Western Regional Director and also the responsibilities it entails? Yeah, thanks. Um, so as there's five regional directors in the United States and we all have between nine and 11 states that we're responsible for. And really our main goal is to talk with law enforcement leaders, uh, sheriffs or chiefs, even some uh, military leaders, and then of course, the school leaders, superintendents or principals of schools to make sure they understand, you know, the D.A.R.E. today is very different from the original D.A.R.E. In fact, D.A.R.E. just uh, celebrated its 40th anniversary on April 20th of last month. Uh, so it's been around a very, very long time. It's really the leader in prevention. But our our job really as regional directors is to grow the program and also to retain the programs that we currently have. And uh, really the, the challenge, and they, that's why I love opportunities such as this, is uh, there's a stigma about DARE that it doesn't work. And there were studies that were done back in the 1990s about DARE and that was the original curriculum, 17 lesson curriculum, which DARE went away from in 2009 for the middle school curricula and the, and in 2013 for the elementary curriculum and that's called Keeping It Real. And the Keeping It Real curriculum is what we currently use today. And I'm really happy to say that the studies on the Keeping It Real curriculum have proved very effective. So sometimes, you know, that's really, my biggest message when I get opportunities such as this is to say, you know, the D.A.R.E. program today is very different from the original one as far as curricula. The 
the point of it is still prevention for youth. Wonderful. So my next question would be what are the primary goals and objectives of DARE and how do you guys work towards it? Yeah, the really the the goal of DARE is just to teach teach kids safe decision-making skills for a healthy life. It all boils down to really uh, getting the kids to understand what they're putting in their bodies, what the risks and consequences of those are. Um, it's not a lecture-based uh, curriculum anymore. It's not fear-based. It really is educational. And the DARE officer, the role of the DARE officer in the classroom really is to guide the kids to come up with some of these answers and strategies on their own, with of course guidance and, and um, the uh, the research right there for them. We use a website, uh, a neutral website called Monitoring the Future. And that's where all of our statistics are pulled from when we do talk about statistics, such as for example, we're doing a, a, a lesson on tobacco and nicotine. You know, we'll talk about, you know, how many deaths nicotine will cause uh, nicotine related deaths in the United States every year, tobacco related deaths. And those are pulled from the keeping it real, or I'm sorry, from the monitoring the future. And so between the statistics and then the um, strategies that, that we go over with the kids and um, their decision-making skills, that's really the whole goal is to for them to make an educated decision and a healthy one. Great. So. Can you highlight some of the notable achievements or initiatives that DARE has accomplished over the years? Yeah, I mean, we still are training a lot of officers. Um, for example, 2022, you know, right coming out of the pandemic, really, the COVID, with COVID and everything, we still had 212 new DARE programs throughout the country. And that represented 39 states and 920 uh, DARE, new DARE officers were trained and in 43 trainings. So, you know, that's a huge accomplishment and we're on our way to match those numbers again for this year. Um, and probably another thing that a lot of people don't understand about DARE is, yeah, like you, you said at the beginning on the introduction, we are a 5013C, a nonprofit organization, but because of DARE's, you know, name recognition and, you know, um, we do get a lot of contributions to DARE and DARE likes to give back the organization, DARE America. Um, one of our fundraising um, drives, if you will, is a toy donation, and that's typically before the holidays. And then Dare will give back toys that people, you know, donate money for to different children hospitals. And just for a quick list, like um, in toy donations in 2022, Dare donated toys to the Children of Alabama, Sugar Plum Shop, uh, USA Health. Children's and Women's Hospital, Arizona Helping Hands, Houston Independent School District, Palm Beach Children's Hospital, and University of North Carolina Children's Hospital. So that's really a cool thing that the fundraising that DARE does, yes, it does go to help uh, pay for the DARE trainings and curriculum development and such, but also gives back to the community. And then one of our other uh, DARE fundraising drives is called uh, uh, DARE to Care. And those are care kits for, um, let's say, for homeless shelters or if there's fire evacuations or, you know, um, flooding evacuations. And there's too many of those to name. I, I, I took a list of them, but there's probably about uh, almost 20 organizations that receive those care kits. 
So that's, that's a, I think, a really cool accomplishment that, you know, Dare America has done throughout the years, not just in 2022. They've done it uh, every year that I'm aware of that I've been, I've been on with Dare now almost six years and uh, every year they've done stuff such as that. So a lot of giving back to the communities, uh, to other nonprofits as well. Wonderful, Dennis. So what are some of the major challenges the organization has faced and how has it overcome them so far? Yeah, so I'd say one of the major challenges of in the last five, four or five years is a lot of departments are struggling. And when I say departments, police, law enforcement and police and sheriffs, because a lot of agencies throughout the country, it's not uh, regionalized, are having difficulties in recruiting and retaining police officers. So um, DARE is a officer delivery system. It's a uniformed officer that delivers the DARE lessons in the schools. And so some agencies, unfortunately, have had to, you know, stop delivering dare just simply because of manpower issues they don't have enough police officers in their force so that's been a challenge um you know uh i guess when you you know you don't you don't have enough officers to uh, answer the calls for service then you know ancillary duties such as a, a dare officer sometimes tend to go away so that's been a challenge and then like i discussed earlier uh that mindset about dare not working has been a challenge but uh in 2022 in january of 2022 um, the university of north carolina greensboro they completed a three-year study on dare and the effectiveness and that study uh, involved nine states and 45 schools again over three years and in january of 2022 they uh, published their executive re- uh, summary of that of that study and it showed positive results in reduction of drinking alcohol, getting drunk, smoking cigarettes, vaping and marijuana use. So that's been something that we've really been trying to get the message out to. We had a recent um, article also published in a medical journal on that same study. So, you know, hopefully those types of uh, studies start coming to the top of the Google searches and stuff instead of the ones from the 1990s on a curriculum that we no longer use. So those are the challenges, but I feel like, you know, uh, both of them, we've been able to, you know, start overcoming. Great. So in your long experience, what are the curious factors that make certain teenagers more vulnerable to drug addiction? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think it probably comes down to that peer pressure. You know, kids are certainly... Uh, wanting to fit in and, and with their their peers. And I think uh, if the peers are hanging out with or, you know, are into drugs, then it's probably more likely that they may uh, experiment with that. And that's one of the uh, one of the lessons. So our, our core program is in the fifth grade and then seventh grade or sixth or seventh grade, depending on how a middle school or junior high is in, a, in that state or jurisdiction. But um, we do have peer pressure lessons in all three, the elementary, middle school and high school. And we talk about, you know, uh, ways to resist peer pressures, ways to intervene, ways to, um, you know, to get out of situations that you're not comfortable being in. In fact, the keeping it real, that whole, the whole uh, strategy, the R stands for refuse, E stands for explain, A stands for avoid and the L stands for leave. And those are the types of real scenarios that um, Arizona State University and Penn State 
uh, they created these lessons based on real situations that kids uh, had reported to them. And there's, you know, case studies. I think there's thousands of case studies that they developed these, these real strategies. So that's what we practice with the kids in the classroom from fifth grade on. Um, so they're not so, uh, so, you know, if they get into a situation and they haven't practiced, they're more likely maybe to freeze or make a bad decision where if they practice these uh, strategies to to refuse or to, hey, explain with an explanation, no, I don't want to, you know, put that pill in my mouth. I don't know what it is. And I know that there's you know, fentanyl out there that can kill, kill me with one single dose, of, you know, or if they know there's going to be a party where there are drugs and alcohol, they can just avoid going to that or leave. But that's really the strategies really do help kids with real life situations before they actually face them. They're already practicing them in a group and they realize they have options and they have you know, different ways to, to avoid or leave situations. So I think that's, you know, really kids are susceptible and especially in this day and age with, of course, we have legaliza legalization of, you know, uh, marijuana and other uh, drugs that were certainly illegal when, when I was a, a youth. So that's a different challenge altogether. Uh, I think kids have to have this prevention education and really have to have that practice and knowing what to do in situations that they're not comfortable in. Absolutely. So, um, are there any specific warning signs or behaviors that parents and teachers and you know peers sometimes can be vigilant about to identify potential drug addiction in teens? Yeah, there is, and we do go over that uh, even with our teen mental health. We go over some behavioral issues, maybe that um, kids could face that they might see in their friends or parents or teachers, as you said. But a lot of times, it's just isolation or drastic changes in behavior um you know uh, there's some obvious obvious signs of intoxication i think you're not talking about those but yeah usually it's a, it, the kind of a drastic change in behavior from the way they were you know when you at the beginning of the year and it could be more than just drugs alcohol depression there's other things that could cause that and goes on it's just really the we do teach kids intervention and um to talk to the person if they're not comfortable talking to them we give them the resources that you know they could go to to get their friend help or parents certainly could call the school counselors their the school dare officer the school resource officer um, the administration there's um 800 numbers for when we go into the mental health stuff we have a an enhancement lesson called uh, more than sad um, over covid you know the, the teenage suicide rate unfortunately percentage-wise increased and uh, so that was one of the things dare did with they partnered up with um, uh, the american foundation for suicide prevention and created an enhancement lesson and that's been one of our more popular enhancement lessons along with the opioid enhancement lesson but uh, yeah all those you know things are gone over in the class where the typically the teacher is in the room when when the dare officer is in there, and then of course the kids uh, they get the the information on how to to deal with that. Great. So um, I want to know, like, till what uh, you know, how deep has this problem has seeped into kids, and to what extent can you know help or you know organizations like this can really make it uh, reverse it, you know, or bring a change about in this. 
Yeah, um, you know, Dare would certainly like to be in in more communities and more schools to deliver this prevention message because I think the more kids that we can reach, you know, um, you, this, you know, you're not like I guess the old adage, you're not going to save them all, but we certainly would like to get the information out so we can try to help as many kids as possible. And I think the the prevention message really is the first start. You know, you don't want to um, start when they're already addicted and then it's, you know, a different treatment you're into recovery. Um, so prevention really should be the first line of defense, so to speak. Uh, and, you know, DARE has proven very successful. It's been around, like I said, 40 years. And really the most successful way to do it is scaffolding message where they're getting the message throughout elementary school, throughout middle school and into high school, where we keep reinforcing that message. And that's why DARE does have a, a K through 12 curriculum. Uh, and I think, you know, the more information we can get to the youth about uh, drugs and um, the harmful effects that they may have, and you know, the, the better off that society is gonna be in the long run. It does. It's a. It's a. It definitely is a combination of a lot of different efforts, and prevention is just one one leg of those. But I think it's one of the most important, especially for the youth. Great. So, uh, can you shed light on any future plans or projects that the store, uh, you know, the organization has in store? Yeah, sure. I mean, every year we really uh, take the feedback from our dare officers that are in the field, uh, and we have a uh, a board called the Youth Advocacy Board. And those are high school kids. Uh, for, there's one uh, for each state that's uh, authorized. And we listen to the feedback from the Youth Advocacy Board. We have the DARE officers in the field. We have, of course, we have a law enforcement executive board, a, a educational board, a scientific board. And so there really is always listening to all these different resources to make sure we're pro providing lessons that are you know, real time and what is needed in the field. And for an example, just uh, this year, they released their social media safety enhancement lesson. And again, you know, Dare doesn't pretend to be the experts in thing in everything, but they certainly try to partner with the experts. And in this social media safety enhancement lesson, uh, we partnered with the Organization for Social Media Safety and created that um, a couple of years ago. Uh, vaping. Vaping is still very big, but uh, vaping became a very large issue in the schools and high school and middle school initially. And then after a few years of the enhancement lesson, the DARE officers uh, came to DARE America and said, hey, we need a vaping lesson for elementary. We're Our elementary kids are vaping. So DARE created that um, enhancement lesson for vaping. But uh, every, you know, I don't want to say every year, but uh, it seems like it. since I've been on almost every year, we come out with a new enhancement lesson, but that's really due to the feedback from the officers in the field and those other boards that I discussed, um, given, given us feedback on what's happening in their communities. And then DARE tries to create lessons to, to assist the officers delivering DARE. But um, right now we're uh, in the process of revamping the middle school curriculum um, our director of training and curriculum, Dr. Ashley Frazier, is taking the lead in that. We're just updating the middle school curriculum to make it, you know, more relevant to today's uh, age. Because, like I said, that one originally came out in 2009. 
So one of the exciting things for Dare America is in 2021, Dare America actually purchased the curriculum, keeping it real. So now it's a little bit uh, easier, I guess, to to make some uh, updates and such on the curriculum or before it would have to go through the owners of the curriculum at, from Arizona State and Penn State. So, so that's exciting for us, um, you know, to be able to make real time changes to keep the, the curriculum relevant and current and, you know, evolve with the times. But those are a couple of exciting things, I think, anyway, for our future. Yeah, definitely sounds like something, you know, really great coming up. So um, how can individuals or communities support and get involved with the Dare America's mission? Um, are you talking about fundraising wise or? Um, what, yeah, what? Uh, it, it could be volunteering or fundraising. So how? Yeah. what are the ways that we can get involved? Yeah, so uh, our website, dare.org, we do have a, a donation link right at the top of the page and you know direct donations are always helpful as um, you know <laughs> being a nonprofit yourself uh, as far as volunteers it's there doesn't uh, typically really have a, a lot of volunteers because of course everybody has to be very vetted that's one of the reasons we use law enforcement as a delivery system you know they obviously pass very stringent background checks and such but um, I'd say for fundraising business owners um, a lot of our fundraising efforts are setting up a, a booth, a table with a dare tablecloth, for an example, in front of a business. And that's where our fun professional fundraisers will, you know, do their different programs. Like I explained earlier, the toy drive or the uh, dare to care uh, fundraising efforts or just, you know, um, fundraising overall. Um, so that's one way, certainly. Uh, the public could help is allowing our fundraisers to set up in front of their business uh, would be that'd be wonderful right now we're primarily in florida with expansions to texas and california in the near future and then they'll go from there as well maybe in the northeast i heard as well but uh, those are a couple of ways where certainly people could get involved and assist great and thank you also for uh, clarifying about volunteering so um, my next question would be a little personal for you. So since you're retired, I'd like to know what it felt like to take rest, knowing that you have done such a fulfilling job in bringing a huge change in children's life. And also, is there something that you learn here that would stay with you forever? Um, I, I tell you, so yes, I am. I retired from law enforcement uh, in 2017. And that's when I actually went through uh, the dare officer training. I went to a two week training in uh, Maryland. And I have to say, I wish I would have had the dare officer training at the beginning of my law enforcement career, because some of the things I learned at the dare officer training are, were so impactful that I would have re uh, created all of my lesson plans on other topics that I taught during my career in, in the in the highway patrol. Uh, the two-week training really is a special training because not only are you learning the curriculum K through 12, but you're also learning from a professional educator on classroom management skills, how to keep a, the attention of your classroom, how to engage uh, different students that maybe aren't participating how to maybe stifle the ones that are over participating, not really stifle them, but encouraging other people to uh, participate rather than just one voice. Um, 
So that was probably one of the coolest things I learned since I've been on with D.A.R.E. And then just hearing all the impactful stories, um, almost every graduation of D.A.R.E. officer, uh, I hear a, a, an impactful story. I just was at a Rio Doso, New Mexico for a D.A.R.E. officer graduation uh, for officers. And the guest speaker was Sheriff Black from Otero County and in his his graduation speech he relayed a story about making a difference and he talked about sometimes you don't really know you're making a difference until years later uh, as a, a police officer or, or as a dare officer and uh, years later he, he well he was a dare officer uh, when he was a deputy and then years later he ran for sheriff and he was doing an, an event and he said a lady came up to him and said, I am voting for you for sheriff. Do you want to know why? He said, well, thank you for voting for me for sheriff. And yes, why? And she said, years ago, when you were a dare officer, you brought pizza and had lunch with my son. And you would notice that he was not behaving the same way he was when you first met him. And you took the time to have lunch with him and all the other kids saw that you were having lunch with my son and he was contemplating suicide before that. And because of your you know, action of having pizza with him and talking with him and all the other kids seeing him with you, it changed everything for him. I guess he was being bullied pretty severely and it all stopped just because of that one action. And so, you know, it's just stories like that I hear a lot in those terror graduations and um, about how, you know, little single acts that maybe you weren't, you didn't think were so significant end up maybe saving a kid's life. And then I hear a lot of times about uh, kids that were impacted by their dare officers and then they decided to go into law enforcement because of that impression. So stories like that have been impactful to me and uh, really keep this job, you know, purpose driven. Um, it's uh, really neat to hear the impact that you can make uh, on kids and their futures. Wonderful. That's really a heartwarming story and should be really one of the biggest success uh, stories, right? Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. So, before we leave, uh, do you want to give any message to our listeners right now? Yeah, you know, I just thank you again for having me on and let me update people on dare today i think that's a, a huge because a lot of people i think think dare and they're thinking oh it's it's old but it's not it's been around because it's proven that it's been successful and dare uh, dare america really keeps the dare curriculum fresh evolving with the times and really relevant and that's the message that i love to get out and um, in, in that study from the university of north carolina greensboro again very helpful for us because uh, it, it really is something new and something that we can point to instead of saying, hey, those old studies aren't working, but it's it's opportunities like this that you provided to uh, get that message out that D.A.R.E. is very different today than it was in the 1980s and 1990s and um, really would like to help you set up D.A.R.E. in your community if uh, if you don't currently have it. And again, thank you for the opportunity. Wonderful. So that's a wrap. I'm so glad to be knowing about this organization, which works for such a large purpose. And I really appreciate the good work that you're doing. And oh. you're also a very pleasant person to talk with, Dennis. So oh, 
Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank I you. really Thank you. I really feel amazing to connect with someone who's contributing so much for a good cause. So, thank you. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. So, hope you find this interview insightful. For more such interviews, yeah. stay tuned to Dial Radio, powered by Touch Your Life Foundation. And this is me, Sankhya Sanibov, for today. Take care, you all. You have just listened to Tal Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.